I wouldn't watch your dogs. You would not watch no. my dogs. My dogs would not want to be watched by you because, <laughs> because you no, can't because handle. It, no, it, because it, just, it's the interaction with my dogs. So oh. like they wouldn't do well with they my think dogs. Your dogs. I would watch your dogs by themselves, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't watch oh. them with my dogs. That's oh, what I'm gotcha. saying. Okay. That's, yeah. Let oh, me well, finish. No, not, wasn't okay. insulting your dogs because I, I was ready to mm-hmm. I was ready to get um, defensive and oh shocker. Um, Stage mom so when it comes to my dog. She says to me, um, before she left, she had made them food. She's like, you need to stop and bring them home takeout. You need to get them a pizza. And, I, and a I was routine. like, uh-huh, sure, sure. Mm. And then it, when she leaves, I looked at my dad. I go, these dogs are going on a cleanse for the next five days while you guys are gone. They will eat and nothing as soon but as I got food. home, my dog ran up to me and said, we died for two days. Yeah. <laughs> like, and that's all they had. Miserable. And I was like, you will eat when you are hungry. And they were staring at me and I was like it would be one thing if I was bringing home food for myself but I was cooking my own like you know what I mean making my own I was like I don't eat fast food so you will not be eating fast food like, did you what did you give them some home cooked food no, no they eat dog food and guess what their shits were normal for the whole time you were gone like okay? subscribe and follow yeah. for additional <laughs> healthy or non-healthy dog tips when you listen to the nooner show all right, let's get started. <laughs> get started with the Nooner Girls. Oh, yeah. Jackie, Gina, we're and Rocky, back. we're in the house. Hello, hello. Back. Hope you guys are having back. a wonderful yes. week. We're halfway through it on a beautiful Wednesday. Right? Oh, yes, we are. <laughs> to say we are halfway through it oh, doesn't yeah. feel like it. I was in Nashville, so I've, I've lost Nashville. track of time. I know, and I was on vacation because y'all were in Nashville. So. <laughs> did you miss us? I did miss you guys. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yep. you were really warm and nice guys. and smiling. That's not what the text you you sent me. I so. know, right? It was like, oh, what what is she up to? What does she need? Nothing. Actually, it was glorious. I'm not going to lie. It was very nice. Yeah. Yes, I had a nice little staycation at home. That's good. With my bitches. Yeah. yeah. Were you happy as if you lived in Finland? Oh, God. So Finland was voted the happiest country in the world. Like, how do you measure that? I wonder. Does anybody know? I have no idea. How do they measure okay. happiness? How do you know? Like, do you ask everybody if they're happy? I, I, I don't know. Somebody. You know what? Everybody does a study about something. So you have to right. look and first see who mm-hmm. did the study and what are they, what, what are they, what's their goal to promote? I well, think so. I'm. Yeah. Uh, so it's the World Happiness Report. Um, yeah. They do it every year. I yeah. Guess. But I think they measure like um, like poverty levels of certain areas. They crime. measure crime. They measure mm-hmm. lifespan um, and like overall health. Like I think they do like hospital admission, like things like that. Okay. Um, but what surprises me is I would have figured that a sunnier, warmer climate would be more of a happy, like one of the happiest places on earth. And this Not, is the fifth year in a row. Yeah, according Finland is to, a cold. According to this poll, the fi- it's the fifth year in a row that they've been. And I have heard that. And it's not the wealthiest place, right? Uh, no, I think that region of the world, like I know like Switzerland and, and that they are, they're a wealthier area, like they're a wealthier region, but I don't know that Finland is like the most wealthy. I don't think that's, mm-hmm. I don't even think it comes close i'm pretty sure like dubai is one of the wealthiest places monaco so did they make the list dubai and monaco no i think they're researchers that yeah, make no. these lists but i don't really here we go here's the world's happiest countries for 2022 according to this article 
Finland, Denmark, Iceland, Switzerland, Netherlands, Luxembourg, Sweden, Norway, Israel, New Zealand, Austria, Australia, Ireland, Germany, Canada at 15, United States at 16. Oh, so we're not too bad on the list. The UK at 17, Czech Republic, Belgium, and France at number 20. So really? we made the top 20. I feel like that's solid. I mean, for how big of a country we are, that's pretty good. Yeah. So, And that's according to... The one I looked at was World Happiness Report. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one I looked at, too. Um, Key findings so of the World Happiness Report. Welcome to The Nooner Show. Here's your host, Jackie Wallace, Gina Guccini, and Rocky Wallace. We do have our, our favorite segment here. Somebody who clearly found happiness doing what he does because he's been doing it for a long time. So we have to get to that. Our favorite segment's called What's the Wish? The segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. We are joined today by Marshall Block, an award-winning producer whose music has been featured in the hit TV series, series 90210 in films like The Fighter, The Love Guru, Entrance, and more. After picking up a guitar at 17, he went on to play in successful bands that even frequented the renowned Brandy Ballroom to launch his own production company, Real to Real Productions. But this successful venture in the music industry started out as a side hustle while pursuing his master's degree in biology. He was playing in bands and producing music to help put himself through school when he realized how lucrative his side hustle and true passion could be. Marshall quit his college education to dive full-time in music and hasn't looked back. After having a decades-long successful career in music business, he continues to usher in the next generation of artists and producers through his involvement in the organization Dare to Dream. Welcome to the Nooner Show, Marshall Block. Is that really me? (laughs) Hell yeah, it is. And and, and that's actually... Way summed yeah. down. Way <laughs> That's the cliff notes. Screw, yeah, those are the, it's like, okay, we don't have enough time for him. <laughs> There's like, wh- where do we start? So really, where do we start? You, you know, what's interesting is the timing of our interviews. So I, as I was mentioning to you, I just got back from Nashville with John Paul and he was in this conference. And it was really interesting because one of the things that you hear about people that are pursuing a career in music is there's no money in it. You can't make a living in music, right? And in his conference, he was telling me about it after saying, you know, it's really inspiring. They're really talking about all the different things you can do and how you can make a great living in the music industry. And you've proven that because Mm -hmm. how long have you been in this business? Uh, Full-time since 1995. Wow. That's amazing. And you... So how do you go from... Well, no, let's start off with Real to Real. Let's start with that. Tell us about the company and what it does. Well, we're a full-service recording studio. We deal with all kinds of different clients. We do sound for film and television, and we deal with individual artists. We deal with the record labels, and um, it's a just a labor of love. So as a full-service studio, we have five isolation rooms, so we can do full bands. We can do, like half of my music today is rap. Oh, wow. And a little bit of hip-hop. There is a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, we deal with all comers. I mean, it's just uh, my whole entire... Uh, I live where I work, so every room is wired for sound. And then I've got uh, 600 square feet upstairs for the out-of-town cl- bands that come in. Wow. wow. And they can stay and 
uh, we can just record and party like it's 1999 every day. <laughs> so, what, so when people say, what do you do? What, what would, how would you answer that? Well, the, a little story. I took my daughter to Nashville, all right? And I was uh, working at a beautiful place called the Sound Kitchen, Oh, dealing with all cool these place. all these great musicians, and I and my daughter was with me all day. And at the end of the day, I said, "Well, Susie, no, you know your daughter, your, your dad does for a living." And she said, "Yeah, nothing." So <laughs> what do you mean nothing? <laughs> well, you just kind of sat there. You just you know gave like general directions. I said, "Susie, I I made the decision to come to this facility to use these players mm-hmm. for this particular artist and." I never tell musicians what to do and how to do it. I give them the goal. And then we just do multiple takes and allow their creativity to seep into Mm -hmm. the overall goal. So it's a very difficult thing to explain unless you can actually see it. And everybody's a music producer today. So (laughs) how do you decide who you're going to work with? It depends, again, on the project. Uh, and the budget. So it's project budget and whether the record label is, you know, paying the bill. So there's a, there are a host of different things. But having been in the business so long, I know who the great singers are, the great uh, pedal steel players, the great guitar players. I've got a cadre of wonderful studio musicians who can come in and they read music. And so whatever the project is, I can then go to the pool and decide, well, who's going to work best for this particular artist. The goal is always satisfy the artist. It's not a dictatorship. Mm-hmm. So when I work with an artist, we both have to end up loving what we do. And if we don't, there's a problem. So if, for example, if uh, I'm working with a particular artist and I don't like what they're doing, I'll ask them to change it until we both like it. And if they don't like my suggestion, I'll keep fishing until we can get something that quote-unquote works that we both like. It takes longer, but it's not like the old days where you had a Phil Spector who told everybody what to do and how to do it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And so is it is it mainly, so it's recording, it's producing albums and stuff like that. What about like songwriting and other parts of the business? Well, that's the other thing that happens as well. Yeah, I, to, In order to survive in the music business, it's a constant reevaluation and reinventing of your quote unquote services. Technology marches on, and unless you adapt, you're going to end up in the dustbin of failed businesses. So it's a constant evolution. And, and a lot of what I do today was totally different than what I was doing 10 years ago. So when it comes to writing, Typically, um, I'll, I can work one-on-one with the artist and develop a soundscape mm-hmm. from which they can decide whether they're going to do the melody and the lyrics or I'm going to help them with the melody. I've got songwriters that also can come into the studio and work one-on-one with the artist or over the Internet to come up with something that, quote-unquote, works for them. And a lot of the, more than half of my work is generating, quote-unquote, beats, which is, again... Mm-hmm technology based so i'll get an artist in the studio we'll start off with a tempo and then a little soundscape and whether it's going to be major feel or a minor feel and i do it always custom made one-on-one i don't create beats and then try to sell them for me it's important that both the artist and i like the end product 
I want to go back just a little bit because I did not know you had a degree in biology. It was, yeah. When I saw those notes, I was like, what? I know. <laughs> I've I didn't only either. known you as a producer, um, which I think is so cool that you, you went, you got your degree and then, you know, you said, you know, and in, in my notes, you were working towards your master's and then you were like, I'm doing this already. Well, I like, did I get my master's too. You I, did get your, yeah. oh my, wow. <laughs> oh, you did? Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, my dad thought the guitar was the devil's harp. Okay. So when I was in a rock and roll band, mm -hmm. I left home uh, with no shoes, the keys to my 1969 Mustang and my guitar. Wow. And I, so I left home in a, in a tizzy and it, it hurt my mom because, you know, moms are moms. Mm -hmm. Right. So I always assured her, I'm going to college. Don't worry. I'm still mm -hmm. pursuing. So it was, college was a way for me to appease my parents. I'm wow. not throwing my life away. Yeah. Playing the devil's harp. Wow. Playing at the Grandy Ballroom, touring with Alice Cooper and Ted Nugent and Bob Seger and all wow. those. That was my life, and I loved it. So I constantly went to school. And over a period of 10, you know, 8, 10 years, I ended up with a master's in biochem and wow. a bachelor's in biology. Then I actually worked as a clinical biochemist. I was vice president of the fourth biggest independent laboratory in the country. Wow. And I lived in Michigan and worked in Fort Myers for it. When I was a musician on the road, I was running a business but didn't know it because you got yeah. logistics. You have yeah. human resources. You have to learn to get, get along with people. You mm -hmm. have to have backups. You have to have planning. It's all about business 101. Yeah, and and yeah. I was getting a first-hand education in how to do it. You're we were, basically a double major at that point. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't yeah. realize it yeah. until you know, I decided to go into this business and... It was one of those things where I said to myself, you know, I'm going to do what I love. I'm going to get out of clinical biochemistry. Didn't really like it. And, and you have to understand, I gave up a suite at the palace, yeah. a company yeah. car, a phone, a condo in Florida. I, mean, I gave up a lot to do this. Wow. And that and, was in 95. Yeah. I, I went to the Recording Institute of Detroit. Wow. And my first, after graduating from there, my first business partner was the founder of the Recording Institute of Detroit, Sir wow. Robert Dennis. He was the chief mastering engineer at Motown. Like, what was that aha moment that made you walk away from, because that's hard to walk away very comfortable from, career. from a, like, a steady income, I would imagine a very good income, to walk away and, and do music. Well, it, was, it started off as a hobby. You know, there was this guy at my church who had a big hit record, Nick Marinelli, from the, a group called the Shades of Blue. So we started like a little Christian trio, and we get together every Thursday. And nobody really knew anything about recording. And Nick was the guy with the big hit record, so we always deferred to Nick. But we were like pigs with wristwatches. Just, nobody knew what to do. Yeah. The <laughs> headphone mix was different. That's when I decided to go back to school. To wow. learn this for the hobby, and then, uh, so were you working at the same yes. time? You were, so you were working your full time, yes, executive job, and going back to school to yes. learn how to do. Exactly, wow. it was like a, it was like I mean, people 
have hobbies. Some mm-hmm. people have golf. Mm-hmm. And they, right. and they yep. golf and they spend all their money on golf courses. Mm-hmm. For me, the hobby was music. Uh, I made the decision um, to go full time. It was kind of kicking and screaming because my, my job in Florida was a mergers, acquisitions, strategic alliances. And the goal was you know, I was in charge of the Lansing Division of Universal Standard Medical Lab. And the goal was to go to Florida build up a book of business, then you know, see what happens. Well, they gave me a couple of years to do it, and I did it in nine months. Meanwhile, wow. they consolidated all the big labs in Michigan. The music stopped playing, and there were no chairs left. So my option was run the Florida of it or else. And my oh. wife didn't want to go. So I decided, well, I'll look for another job. And I did that for about 30 days. And then I said to myself, you know, this would be a great opportunity to start a business because I got nine months severance mm-hmm. pay, full pay, wow. with the car. And it was so it was like a great deal. And so that's back then they only had yellow pages. So I said, well, if I start a business now, I can get in the January yellow pages. This was <laughs> in, in September. And then it was multiple streams of revenue. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm going to oh. I am going to just do everything music related. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do anything in my wheelhouse at the time, which was clinical chemistry. Mm-hmm. So I put on seminars. I wow. did live sound. I, I, I demonstrated Pro Tools in music stores, mm-hmm. anything music-related. Wow. That's how I got going. Smart. Yeah. And then over time, you start to realize what you really, really like, and you mm-hmm. focus more on that. And that was... Um, how I got going. And, and of course, you know, it's all about making connections. And the important thing... That actually leads into my next question was, because you are so well connected, you yes. had these relationships for a long time of, you know, you know, we've talked about your relationship with Dick Wagner and, yeah. and you know, Susan, Susan Michelson that we've talked about. You, How have you fostered these relationships through the years and, and maintained these friendships and, you know, what have, have now turned into friendships, but networking for young people, especially in this digital you, age. The how important thing is most musicians just sing one note, me, 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 me. Oh, wow. And there are more notes in the scale, do, re, mi, fa, sol, la, ti, do. Mm-hmm. In order to get to the big do, mm-hmm. you got to start with a little do and sing every note in between. So, And it's helping mm-hmm. your fellow people that are in the mm-hmm. street, in the gutter, trying to make, make it happen. And mm-hmm. when I was doing... Approach all seminars at, uh, at Nally Music in Ann Arbor. The counter girl was there. Mm-hmm. And she's just a counter girl. Nobody mm-hmm. pays any attention to her. And I, I was always very nice to anybody. The janitor, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter because you never know who you're dealing with. Well, one day the counter girl left. So I asked the owner of the store. I said, well, who, what happened to uh, Helene? Oh, she's uh, vice president of A&R at Universal Music Group in Nashville. Wow. I like, what? Wow. <laughs> what? <That's- laughs> what? So anyway, I get a call from Reen about her mother in Cape Coral who had mm-hmm. cancer at the time. And I was working in Florida, so I knew all the mm-hmm. big docs. I said, you got to see for Dr. Fernandez mm-hmm. in Cape Coral. He's specializing in this new technique. And mm-hmm. anyway, a couple months later, go, go by and... Reen's mother had a miraculous recovery. Reen wow. calls me back and says, Marshall, I know you're just starting off in this business. If you ever need anything from me, 
Wow. wow. That just warmed my heart. <laughs> when working with artists over time, you've have you noticed a difference in core values of your clients? Well, the thing is, yes, of course, everything is different. But the one constant is, is, is always going to be changed. And the young kids today, you know, it's the age of everybody gets a trophy. Nobody fails. Oh, right. Nobody knows how to handle failure. Right. And the road to success is paved with the bricks of failure. Right. Oh, you so have good. to constantly fail and maintain a positive attitude in order to keep going. And in the music business... There, there are people that want to use music just for fame and fortune. They don't want to work. They just want to be famous. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. But most, Is that possible? Well, I think it's highly improbable because the people that I've talked to that are very successful, their goal was never fame and fortune, mm -hmm. ever. It was just the pure joy of being rather than having. It's like a mountain climber. You can climb Mount Everest and hire the Sherpa guides to grab, you know, drag you to the top so you can brag to your friends, I summited Everest. Mm -hmm. But the people that really uh, don't get killed cl climbing Mount Everest are the people that love everything about mountain climbing. They love the camaraderie. They love the view. They love reading the magazines. They love everything about mountain climbing. And if they don't make it, oh, well, it's no big deal mm -hmm. because they're doing what they love to do. Mm -hmm rather than getting disappointed and quitting because they're not quote-unquote famous. Who will you not work with? There's a famous artist, all right, that... Uh, you don't have to give names. Yeah, yeah. Jackie names. wants names. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. Yeah. I don't want a names. A famous artist. I mean, like, what, does, what determines... Famous, all right. I brought him in to co-write with a client from Florida. And and he was hurting for money at the time, so I paid him full in advance. And then prior to the arrival of the artist, I was in Chicago attending another three-day music event, and I met my artist at Metro, drove him back on a Sunday, put him in the hotel. He was there for four days, and we're going to have a writing session, recording session. Guy didn't show up day one. Didn't show up day two. Ugh. So day two, Katrina and I started mm -hmm. writing with him. And then day three, he finally shows up. Mm -hmm. And then he's just praising this person, this kid, who basically, I told his father he wasn't ready yet. Mm -hmm. But the father said, oh, please do it. I, I said, well, as long as you view it as a fantasy camp, I will put you together with blah, 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 and we'll do a song. So... The guy was just praising the artist, and I'm looking to myself, what is going on here? And then, sure enough, two months later, I see on Facebook the artist is coming back to Detroit to work with this guy, do a whole album, mm. which is a total waste of time mm. and a total taking uh, right. advantage of the kid because He's, his dad was a yeah. football player for a famous football team, oh. so they had the money to do right. it. So the temptations are, well, I'm just going to bump this right, kid up yeah. and right, right. do an album. Yeah. So, so basically stealing a client from mm -hmm. me, Right. So I'll never work with him again. Can you explain uh, what Dare to Dream is and, and how it works and, and your well, involvement? Yeah, yeah, Dare to Dream is a, a, a charitable foundation founded upon the loss of a daughter. There was this uh, 
this lady that had a beautiful daughter. She was a model on her way to New York to go to, to go to Tokyo, and then there was a tragic car accident. So the mom founded the Dare to Dream Foundation. So it, it, it rewards singers, songwriters, fashion models, actors, actresses with a stipend to continue their career. So I've been involved with that, oh, God, 10, 15 years. And what wow. I do is uh, we have a music division, so we pick out the person that is the most ready, and we do something professionally for them. Now, where's it at? Is it always in, in, Chicago? in Chicago? Yeah, it's, it's always in Chicago. Is the, is the mom originally, is she from Chicago? She's from Michigan. She's oh, from she's Michigan. from Michigan? Yeah. The mom is? And how do you find candidates for your program? Well, th they attend this big event called Launch Showcase, and that's where we pick the talent from there. Wow. And the Launch Showcase, is that... Um, Performance base is it like conference base or like or is it it's like auditions big, or what? well it's a big um, event where you have the decision makers so you got mm -hmm. the model agencies you got the music producers mm -hmm. the record labels they're all in one spot mm -hmm. and then the the people that attend the event it's a three day event mm -hmm. they can sign up for um, like with Susie Michelson she she gave a seminar on and singing as a vocal coach. Mm -hmm. And so they sign up for these various things, and then they have their little performances. Mm -hmm. And then and then we have what we call callbacks. Mm -hmm. So, And a lot of people get signed for acting, modeling, and, mm -hmm. and stuff through this agency. Wow. That's very cool. And oh. they're based out of Detroit, launchshowcase.com. Is it based out of Detroit? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. And so Susan's involved in that, too? Yes. Oh, boy, you yeah. guys are just have everything, don't you? <laughs> no, it's great. If people want to follow up more with you, you're on social media. Oh, yeah. Are you taking new clients? Always. Always. All right, Jackie, do you have a game changer yes. for well, us? Marshall Black, thank you so much thank for so being much for here. We us. will get your links posted. Thank and you, uh, congratulations on all your success. Yeah, so. it is really inspiring. Is very inspiring. Um, before we do that, though, I want one, one more thing before we get into our yes. game. What is your one tip for up and coming? Good artists or just anybody who wants to come up in the music business, whether it be production or management or whatever, what is the one thing that you would say is the most important thing to make it in this business? For me, it's collaboration. Find mm -hmm. somebody like-minded. Mm -hmm. And there are many organizations like the Nashville Songwriters Association, mm -hmm. if you're a writer, or your church, if there's a quiet, but mm -hmm. get together with somebody to Start out with, because you learn so much. Don't be an island. So mm -hmm. many kids today are islands. They think they can do it all. They can mm -hmm. write. They can produce. They can sing. They can market. No, it's a team effort. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the old adage, together everyone accomplishes more. So that's my one piece of advice is no matter how old you are, you just get together with somebody yeah. that has a similar interest, and you'd be amazed what can happen. That's awesome. Great I love that. advice. Yep. Great <laughs> advice. Okay, All right, Jackie, so what's your advice? Our game, <laughs> geez, <Yeah. laughs> game changing ideas for today is how to start with any new idea. So first, realize that opportunities are not going to just fall in your lap and make your ideas happen. It's up to you to create those opportunities that will bring your ideas to life. Number two, stop waiting for the perfect time because there's never a perfect time to start. Today will always be better than next week. You never know what's going to happen next week. Number three, don't wait until you know the how to do something. There is always Google and YouTube, so there's no excuse anymore. You can always find out how. 
Uh, number four, uh, what's more important than knowing the how to do something is knowing who. Who can help you figure it out? So when you're starting something new, make a list of everybody you know, and from that list, evaluate who can help you or who can connect you to someone who can help you with that how. Number five, don't negotiate with yourself. Every minute you spend hesitating is 60 seconds of not making progress towards your goal, towards your idea. It's time wasted. And number six, keep in mind that the lessons in our lives, which are often the source of our greatest ideas, are meant to be shared to help others. Number seven, every idea was once a new idea. And number eight, finally, if you don't do it, chances are somebody else will. Those are great. Wonderful. And here's what I'm going to do. Toss our fortune cookies. Toss the cookies, whatever way the prongs face. That means that fortune was meant for you. Why don't we read our fortune and we'll say with real to real production. Sounds good. We'll end it with real to real. Okay. I like mine. Gosh, Sheena, these, these are beautiful. These fortunes that Gina made. All right. Um, a light heart carries you through all the hard times with real-to-real productions. productions. All right. You know, a lifetime friend shall soon be made. Ooh, with, with real-to-real real productions. productions. All right. <laughs> he who thinks he's too small to make a difference hasn't met a honey bee with real-to-real real productions. <laughs> That's cute. Mine says... Curiosity kills boredom. Nothing can kill curiosity with real to real productions. <laughs> Again, thank you, Marshall Block. Oh, Check out Real to Real Productions. And sometimes the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thanks for taking a leap of faith with us. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.